The following episode of Shower for the Soul contains language or subject matter that might not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Shower for the Soul, a podcast where we explore today's issues affecting our mental health and well-being. It's all about life, health, and wealth, and us. Grab a chair and a spot around the table, and let's start sharing. Now, here's our host, Shane Fame Alexander. Welcome back to another week of Shower for the Soul. I'm Shane Alexander. What a calm weekend that was. It wasn't really that busy or crazy um, in terms of news. So hopefully that's a sign that everything is calming down. I'm talking about COVID, of course. There was a concert over the weekend on Sunday evening uh, that um, Elton John put together. Did you watch it? Elton John was on there. Um, Billy Eilish. Who else was on there? Uh, Alicia Keys. Billy Joe St- uh, Armstrong from Green Day. Dave Grawl. A bunch of guys. Uh, Lady Gaga. Uh, Mariah Carey. It was all right. It was uh, no commercials. And they all performed from their homes. Uh, it was very quick. I think like the longest performance was maybe two, three minutes. It was like three minutes. And they just got like 10 performers to do quick performances in that hour block. And it was pretty good. I mean, nothing spectacular. It's not like a SARS fest or anything. It's not like a Woodstock. But uh, it got the message across. I'm not sure how much money Elton raised for it. But it was, uh, it was good. I liked it. So yeah, it was a good distraction for a Sunday night. And we're going through this all together. And that's why we have Hamid Butt coming up later on today. And we're going to talk about the mental health issues that might arise while you're stuck at home. Speaking about mental health, it's betterhelp.com. They're there to help you while you're stuck at home. And if you're suffering and you want, you're getting anxious and, you know, you have high anxiety or you're getting depressed, uh, BetterHelp is there for you. It's betterhelp.com. And if you go to betterhelp.com backslash SFTS, you will get 10% off your first month. Let's get into the conversation with Hamid Butt. He joined us over the weekend, and uh, we had a great conversation. We even spoke about wrestling. He's a big wrestling fan. So let's get into that right now, right here on Shower for the Soul. Thank you for joining us, Hamid Butt. Uh, and you're in New Jersey? Yes, I live in northern New Jersey, right across um, the Hudson River to, uh, from New York City. Awesome. And how, how is it going over there? I know New York is uh, doing its thing right now with the COVID. Yeah, so uh, it's it's essentially the same going on in New Jersey. There's a the governor of New Jersey has uh, been quite active on social media, as well as uh, you know in press conferences, telling people to stay at home, for non-essential businesses to be closed, not to have parties. So um, New York has far more cases than we do, 
but New Jersey is like number two. So we're we're right behind uh, the number of new cases um, in in America at at the moment. So it's it's pretty wild, man. Uh, I know you're based out in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, my, and I've been to Toronto. My brother is a uh, is a teacher up there as well. So oh, cool. I've been I've been getting uh, the blow by blow uh, from him um, in regards to you know the city, you know how much of it is closed down and whatnot. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's a wild time. Yeah, I'm actually in London, Ontario, which is just outside. We're closer to Michigan than Toronto, but um, I lived in Toronto all my life. I just moved here in 2017. I, I still think oh, of myself okay. as a Torontonian. Actually, the first time I heard you was on Post Wrestling, which is a re- wrestling podcast um, based out of Toronto. Yeah, um, I'm. <laughs> I love pro wrestling, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Post Wrestling used to be live audio wrestling yep. back in the day, and yeah, I've been a I've been a fan of of John and Waiting, uh, John Pollock and Waiting, not John and Waiting. <laughs> That indicate that they're a couple, um, but uh, yeah, I've been a fan since 2009 or 10, and yeah, just uh, I heard their interview with um, Dr. Patel uh, mm-hmm. uh, regarding COVID-19, and Dr. Patel talked a lot about the kind of the medical aspect of this disease, which of course makes a lot of sense, um, and that kind of inspired me to just reach out and maybe offer some mental health implications of all of this because um you know i have uh some experience more than some but experience with individuals who you know they have health anxiety or ocd or generalized anxiety um way before this and so when the news coverage exploded and when the disease itself kind of exploded in numbers, I mm-hmm. immediately thought I immediately thought of like, wow, okay. These people who struggle with anxiety or uh, hypochondria in general now have this like very very real threat mm-hmm. that uh, you know, the media is covering and it just got me thinking about um about those people as well as, you know, just your average uh you know human being who has to deal with this as well. And uh, so in Toronto, what happened uh, last week was our mayor. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the Ford family. Uh, I know about the other one, the, the one oh. who's like, uh, who recently passed away and was yes. out of his mind. Well, Doug came out and I kind of respect him for this because he was I think he was the first one to ever say this so bluntly that we might be in on this until June or July. And just yep. reading that headline sparked my anxiety. Mm-hmm. How, like, is, is this kind of bluntness needed now? And how do people deal with that? Um, I think the bluntness uh, could work well for some people. Um, but it's not taking into account so many others. Um, I'm not even, I don't even just mean people who have pre-existing anxiety or OCD. I'm talking about just uh, parents, uh, kids, little kids, um, business owners. Like, it is a person-to-person experience uh, uh, that we need to be mindful of. Um, So I was just watching an interview with uh, Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci, the the head of the, uh, the, I don't know what his position exactly is, but like the head of the infectious disease um, department. You see him with Trump all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the, the guy with the glasses, and he's been doing a lot of interviews as of late. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was asked, um, not a similar question, but more or less, like, when can we expect for things to go back to normal? And it was, uh, in his response, he talked about, you know, that's not really a fair question because in different regions of the country, things, the rate will be different. Um, and I think that is a fair assessment of when we talk about, you know, reading a headline and, and having it be quite blunt. Um, 
it's fine. Like, uh, I think it's good to know when to expect, uh, when, when we have a fair uh, assessment of when to go back to normal. But again, like, when someone who is experiencing OCD or anxiety, depression, you name it, um, when they read that, that those individuals would be best served speaking to a therapist, psychiatrist, friends and family, uh, I guess their, their primary doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. Because a lot of this, right, as we know, is uh, someone can be asymptomatic and have no real issues, but could pass it on. Someone yeah. can be di- diagnosed with it and experience pretty mild symptoms and, you know, get through it and, you know, kind of be on the mend. But then, of course, it kind of depends on someone's own immune system, uh, pre-existing respiratory issues, uh, you know, comor- comorbidities uh, and whatnot. So um, in a very real way, I, I, we, you had emailed me uh, some questions, right? Um, yeah. And I was reading the question about um, social media and like celebrities mm-hmm. as what, what the effect of those uh, two would be. Mm-hmm. And I'm maybe this is just uh, my own personal opinion, not really a professional one, but a personal one, which is like I don't care so much about what celebrities do and say. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's my that's a pro wrestling fan in me because uh, every everybody's a worker and uh, <laughs> they have a persona. <laughs> and um, again, at the end of the day, like there's maybe shouldn't be the people that we look up to. Um, we should be looking towards or at those closest to us, um, the medical professionals in our lives, the mental health professionals, because those are the ones who have the most intimate knowledge of us as the individual. So that's kind of how I feel about um, all that. So is it really the fear of the unknown on how much this is playing in people's anxiety where it's like, we've never dealt with this before. We've never been stuck in home for more than three weeks, not knowing when we're going to go back to work. What's happening? Uh, certainly, the fear of uh, the fear of, un- of the unknown is like rightly at play. Um, I think you know it's it's kind of um, uh, morbidly funny that as a as a therapist, I speak to people all the time about the fear of the unknown. And I understand it in a very abstract way mm-hmm. and maybe even in a very practical way. But how often am I put in a situation where, hey, you can't leave your house uh, for how long? I don't know. And yeah. you need to wash your hands all the time. And you know, if you touch something, make sure you know it's clean or you clean yourself after. It's, it's a lot of, of unknown variables, right? And in this disease, you know, as I was saying, I was watching the interview with Dr. Fauci, where this disease, you know, at some point it was airborne, at some point it wasn't, and now it's droplets, and they can stay on surfaces, and that, you know, for anybody is difficult to to manage, but for someone who, again, has pre-existing anxiety, it's, it kind of adds credence to what they've been feeling for so long, um, and, and that's, that's really troublesome. Um, yeah, the fear of the unknown. Um, maybe that's why, you know, uh, what's the mayor's name? Doug? Doug Ford, yeah. Doug Ford, yeah. Um, you know, in, in some respects, it's good for him to say, yeah, this is going to be longer than you think it is. But the concern is, what if it's beyond June or July? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I uh, I know you live in, you live up in Canada, Um in New Jersey, in about eight about eight, eight years ago, uh, during Hurricane Sandy, uh, which a lot, which in, in some respects it lasted for years, but in um, certain parts of the state, you know, the recovery was maybe a couple of weeks, three weeks, maybe uh, before we could go back to work and whatnot. Um, but I remember being, I was. Uh, 24 at the time like every day felt the same you'd go to bed really early you couldn't go to work but but you could socialize right no Mm -hmm. one was telling you 
to stay at home and socially distance. If anything, it was like, hey, you know, you can go out, you can hang out with people. You can't really go to work because businesses have been, you know, have been damaged and whatnot. But um, the fear of the unknown there was a little bit more because we weren't fighting a disease, right? It was a little bit more that you could put a time on it. It made much more sense to put a time on it with with this disease. There, there is no time. And I've heard Dr. Fauci say, like, we don't give the virus the timetable. The timetable gives us the virus. Uh, sorry, the virus gives us the timetable. Mm-hmm. So now with the, how is it really affecting the different generations? So you have a child who can't go to sleep go to school you have young adults who might be in college and might not be able to finish the semester then you have you know the parents who are trying to be parents and try to comfort their kids or the young adults in college but then also having to think about them going to work and feeding the feeding the family and their own set of emotions sure it's a good question um certainly any any individual who has someone who is uh, an uh, an elderly person in their family, I think, is very much feeling this um, in very depressing ways. Uh, because the big part of the disease, as you know, is uh, those who are elderly or those who have these like pre-existing conditions, they're much more susceptible um, to getting really sick and, and possibly passing away. So that's such an added stress on the family of uh, the elder, the elderly person or the sick person, um, and of course for the elderly person, like being confronted with, hey, this might really knock you on your on your ass, essentially, um, and that is is um, really difficult to say, right? Um, mm-hmm. The the question um, also, you know, you asked about children, young adults. What we know, of course, is that um, statistically speaking, younger people and and children uh, are doing slightly better in terms of um, getting ill and and recovering. But we know that's not 100% true. Um, I am when I speak to my clients who are young adults and children, they're worried. Uh, I've not met someone who wasn't worried. the extent to which they are worried, that again, that is kind of person to person. It just depends on their temperament, depends on their family, depends on their trust of media coverage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a big part of this that I hope we get into. Is if you distrust media for whatever reason, hearing them discuss this COVID 19, you're going to be skeptical. So, and there's a lot of risk to that. Um, uh, so as for parents, yes. So go on. Go ahead. I was just as for parents, you can imagine the the toll it takes on them. Uh, needing to raise a family, bring in, have an income come in, childcare, um, uh, uh, bills, all that. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I think I roughly we're probably around the same age, so we both probably have bills and rent uh, to pay. And the the notion that we wouldn't be able to make ends meet is really uh, troublesome and uh, would only add to the stress in the family system. Yeah. If your if your parent is working or not working, and but certainly their income is a lot less or at least a lot less reliable, um, you're going to see an increase in uh, uh, you know honestly an increase in children getting hit, <laughs> uh, spouses fighting. Um, um, this is another uh, aspect of this entire thing of, of social distancing and staying at home is what if your partner is someone who isn't your abuser? Now you're stuck at home with them. Yeah. And then that's another entire, an entire, you know, mountain to, to climb over. So yeah, it's, it's very, I wish this all could have been avoided. <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what? I had tickets to the Hall of Fame ceremony, which would have been this week. And my dad lives oh, in... Oh, WWE Hall of Fame. Yes, sorry. Yes, sorry I was yeah. like, which Hall of Fame is he talking about? 
The real Sorry. Hall of Fame is the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> so my dad lives in Florida, so I was going to stay with him, and then we were going to just do WrestleMania week, would have been this week, in Tampa. Yep. Um, back in late January-ish, I believe, my dad had to go to the hospital. He fainted. He was vomiting. We didn't really know what really happened. So when this started and COVID started getting more and more serious, I was like, oh, that's fine. I can, like, no one's, I'm not going to get it. I can just stay with dad and it's mm. not that serious. And of course, we'll touch on this later on about how Vince, we didn't know about Vince canceling WrestleMania until like two weeks ago. But, um. Well, he didn't cancel it. No, but like, we, well, We'll get there in just a minute, yeah. Yeah, but um, I didn't realize until, like, I think maybe two weeks ago, when I was like, okay, my dad's not really concerned about me. He's concerned about me, but he's thinking about himself in the mm-hmm. sense that... And then I had to start... And then it flicked on with me, where it was like, oh, this is... I'm he's thinking that I might get him sick. Yeah. And and I think it's since the self quarantine has happened, people are now starting to think that. Where I, I forgot this video I watched uh last week. It's it's a viral thing now. It was an elderly man saying that you have to act like you have it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, by the way, was the viral, was that a play on words or just uh, a, a <laughs> I just I didn't realize that. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, I've not seen that video um, of the elderly person, but I know that I've gone under the assumption that I, I, I probably have it. Um, if I don't, cool, but I probably do. And, uh, and again, so, sort of similar story of like, um, you know, I think a lot of people have felt this way where, or had this experience where they were sick a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago mm-hmm. and it maybe went away. It was never, it was not too dissimilar to like a flu or fever that you would normally get, but it didn't last that long and they went away. Uh, I've heard people who've gone to the doctor um, where the doctor's like, well, this isn't a flu. We really don't know what it is. So, uh, there's a chance like these numbers that we're seeing in the news that keep going up and up and up might be a little misleading in the sense of are people are more people getting infected or are they getting tested? And uh, I, I I'm hoping that it's more the latter than the former, of course, that we just have more tests and more people are aware. So therefore, they're getting tested. And that's why you're seeing the numbers go up. Um I know, like, uh, I'm sorry that your plans for WrestleMania uh, were, are not going to happen. Uh, yeah. missing, you're missing out on a great card. Um, uh, I'm being sarcastic. But <laughs> so my, I, my parents are in their late 60s and 70s, and, of course, I haven't seen them in person. And probably since the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, that's a... It's a stressor, right? It's a toll on parents to not be able to see their kids and vice versa. Um, and, you know, I think with the older generation, I don't know if I can't speak for your, for your family, but I know for my family, getting them to do anything that might be in their best interest is really difficult. Uh, they come from a time where uh, maybe they've, they've gone through hardships and this isn't that big of a deal. They've, they've been through worse, but you have to do your best to convince them to stay home, stay hydrated, limit social contact, and, you know, if they feel sick, just, you know, rest. Um, it's really difficult uh, to, to get them to do that, but it's our job as, as their kids, right? They took care of us, we took care of them. Yeah. And you said you, you haven't seen your parents. Now, a lot of these Zooms and Skype uh get-togethers are becoming uh the the norm now how is that going to help remedy the situation or how is it helping 
I think it's helping. It's definitely certainly helping. Uh, at least in my experience, it's helping. I don't. I've never been in a Zoom chat and talked about. Man, this is like bullshit. This is all mm-hmm. hoax, right? No one's saying that. Um, <laughs> it's really mostly like, man, this is crazy. Um, how it's affected people. Checking in on friends to see if they need anything. Uh, that's certainly happened in my conversations on Zoom or Skype or FaceTime, where you know we're in a time period where it's really important to ask our friends and family like how they're doing if they need anything are they lacking supplies because so many people are lacking supplies Mm -hmm. um um, i know i spoke to a friend yesterday who as i was speaking to them uh, she had mentioned oh yeah um her boyfriend was on his way with like you know uh, paper towels and, and toilet paper and whatever else um and, and uh, I think it's actually kind of important to remember, uh, to note that this one friend of mine had recently broken her ankle. Oh. So there's, I mean, she's in a socially distance anyways, but uh, she definitely can't go outside and shop for herself. Oh, yeah. Right? So okay. that gets me to think about all those people who are, you know, um, have an injury or are confined to a wheelchair or can't move. Um, like, wh- what about those people, right? How are they handling all this? And again, it's that person-to-person checking in and, and asking how they're feeling. Uh, it might become routine after a while because if we're doing it every day, you know, like, are, <laughs> are we genuine with it? But certainly checking in and asking and helping out is, is great. And I think FaceTime, Skype, and Zoom have been wonderful. I wish I would have invested in Zoom like six months ago, uh, mm-hmm. I would have been making a killing at this point. But <laughs> yeah. it, it's 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 really helpful, and for me as a as a as a counselor, transitioning to to uh, teletherapy has been, you know, like it's not been completely seamless, but it's been quite awesome and effective, and it's allowed me to, yes, make money, but more importantly you know, keep whatever therapeutic relationship and work I've been doing with my clients uh, going forward toward, uh, during this pandemic. And just before I forget, um, when I spoke to Wei and John uh, about a week ago, I had said something like uh, health insurance companies, some were covering teletherapy and some were not, um, most notably Medicaid and Medicare in the States. And since Probably by the time I finished that call, um, it was relayed to me that Medicaid and Medicare are covering television therapy, um, oh. which is good. So during at least during this pandemic, they're going to cover it. Um, I know health insurance companies in the states, like um, I don't know how can I mean, you guys have a national system. Uh, we like Aetna, Horizon, different Blue Cross Blue Shield plans in, in the country. Have decided to waive copays for mental health, uh, tele- tele- teletherapy, mental health, until I think sometime in June. So um, that's that's very positive to hear. That's amazing. And w- you were talking about the media. It's really hard to find out what's really true and really false. And most of the time, people are looking at the false news than the true news. How do you separate yourself from believing the hype and not believing the hype? So I definitely do recommend, and this is something I follow, is I don't watch cable news. Uh, Cable news, uh, again, this is where my wrestling brain comes in, uh, which is cable news is pro wrestling. Uh, And cable news needs you to watch. And it needs you to be engaged for 24 hours. So how do they do that? Mm-hmm. Um, some of it, some of it might be sensationalism. Some of it is having people just argue for the sake of arguing, and they just repeat the same stories. So what you're actually doing is increasing the anxiety of an, of somebody who is watching your TV, and which engages them even more, uh, at least short term wise, will engage them to keep watching. Um, I don't think that's very helpful. And, you know, 
I don't want to sound too conspiracy theory, but um, typically, like Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, you name it, they have people on who you know have these other roles that they don't mention. So they they might have a pharmaceutical rep on. They might have someone who's part of the insurance industry, someone who's part of the government who has a clearly a point of view they want to project. So I don't know how helpful that is beyond maybe watching for 15 minutes and then taking a break from it. Um, social media, that's another one. Uh, mm-hmm. So much misinformation uh, because, again, where who is uh, espousing this information? Not so easy to find out. Um, ideally, you would like to trust your friends and that your friends would have done the research, but that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, what makes the most sense is that you you stick to the most boring uh, <laughs> vanilla way of getting news, which is through newspapers and like um, like uh, um, which is like public public broadcasting systems. Uh, they tend to just give you objective news, very little editorial, and they don't overdo it. Yeah. Um, now, like, it's really, it's weird to say this, but while all of this pandemic stuff is happening, right, all the COVID-19, there's millions of other news stories that are not being covered. Um, yeah. Whether it's the, and this is being slightly covered, but how the hospitals are being overrun with uh, traffic, right? Too many patients. Mm-hmm. What, is, what does this mean for... Um, cancer patients, for mental health patients, for diabetic patients. What does this mean for uh, your average, like I know if I'm sick and I call my doctor, my doctor's not seeing sick patients. Uh, And that's not at the hospital, that's just like in a regular outpatient setting. Um, I wish there was some more coverage about that. Uh, What to do in an emergency? What if you're experiencing mental health emergency during all this? I I do like I said I don't know if it's very helpful to watch you know hours and hours of coverage it only adds to one's anxiety so uh, my my recommendation is yeah watch a little bit of the news read a little bit of the news make sure the sources are legit um, people that you trust and have a good uh, legitimacy to it. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this uh, when, I, when I spoke to Wei Ting of having a bit of a routine, uh, engaging in self-care, doing things you like to do, uh, watching movies, reading books, writing stories, creating art, all that stuff. Because so many of us, and I know this is a, one of the questions you have, so many of us are not working, or, or they're working a lot less. So you, yeah. have all this free, you have all this free time. And it's a question of what do you want to do with that free time? Yep. Do you, do you want to be overrun with panic and worry? Or, hey, this is one of the few times we get to just be at home, to do all the things that we haven't been able to uh, uh, engage with or complete in terms of, like, projects or tasks. Um, so I, 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 you know, I just had a session earlier today with a with a high school student of like hey like you're not in school now so your classes end around 12 30 because they do virtual e- e-learning mm-hmm. uh what do you do for the rest of the day and so often i hear well you know i wake up at like one <laughs> right i wake up and then like i eat and I go back to bed or i play video games and you know like that's not that's like, I guess, what summer is meant for. Yeah. We're not in summer. We're in, uh, you know, not even April. That keeping a routine means we're, we're, we're staying on track. We have a purpose. The days don't seem so monotonous. Um, and they don't blend as much as they normally would. Mm-hmm. And it keeps us um, in, it's kind of like, uh, it keeps your brain exercised right you're doing something keep your brains alive you're not it's not turning to mush for lack of a better term 
so a quick uh, Vince McMahon story will touch into this, but this also has to do with um, COVID-19. But I recently heard the best description of Vince McMahon and was this Toronto journalist. His name is Jeff Merrick. And he went oh, yeah. to Vince's. He, yeah, he was part of a live body wrestling. Yep. Originally, OG. And he went to Vince's office to cover uh, Owen, Owen's passing. And the night before, Hogan had been on CNN demolishing Vince, brother, on everything that was happening. And Jeff said to Vince, said, did you watch the, the news? Did you watch the Hogan interview? And Vince said, yes, I did. I said, what do you think? Vince, this was off record. Vince took off his glasses and says, I'm a carnivore. I go to dinner and look for the biggest slice of meat there is, and I'll eat it. If I wake up with a stomach ache, so be it. So with that mentality. What a moron. <laughs> I know. So that makes sense of how he kept the show going on with Owen, how he did the the Saudi Arabia shows, and now this. Is this a good example for other big business businesses to say, yeah, let's do it like Vince McMahon, who is a so-called billionaire, and just keep on going? Because I believe, and that's why I told my dad recently about this. This before you know, wrestling, uh, WrestleMania ended up being pre-taped and too big for two days, for <laughs> one night. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Um. That Vince genuinely believes that him putting on a show will help the viewers in in this whole crisis. That his wrestling company will help distract the world from what's going on in the real world. So Vince McMahon is a little disconnected from reality. Don't know if you know, but oh yeah, I, yeah. Have been, uh, I know you know. Uh, um, I'm going to just, this is going to be so fun for people who don't watch wrestling. Um, I've watched his show for most of my life. Mm -hmm. And in the last, it's 2020, in the last 13 years, probably longer, he's been unable to craft or create a star, um, uh, multiple stars, okay? And so what he does is that instead of taking responsibility, or acknowledging, like, oh, man, I messed up. He ends up, for example, hmm, heavy machinery. You guys are not over. EC3, you're not over. Just give me Alistair Black, Ciampa, and Gargano, and Ricochet. Mm-hmm. It's like, because he is a carnivore, right, this mentality of, like, whatever happens, happens. I'll be okay. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. That's how he takes. Uh, that's his approach to anything. So if he signs up uh, 150 talents and only two of them make it because he doesn't know what he's doing, or he's going against maybe better judgment, uh, it's fine because he'll just sign another 150. It doesn't matter. Uh, the quote that you you went through uh, with Vince and being a carnivore. It sounds very similar to like Dana White, who yeah. has said very similar things. Like, if I die, I die. Who cares? Right. Um, you know, I'll be okay. And it's, you know, there's, I think part of that is being a very wealthy person um, and being essentially, you know, like what ramifications has Vince really faced for, for Owen's death, for the Benoit stuff, for Eddie? There's, you know, like there's coverage, but then the coverage goes away and nothing really changes. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, same idea. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, people unsubscribe from the network, right? And they lost some money on the network, but Fox and USA decided to sign them to billion dollar deals. What did he really learn? Not yeah. much. And, you know, in a, in a very uh, real way like in my work, that's what I say to parents, right, is you want your kid to not uh, act out, but where's the reward of punishment? Like, you, you ended up giving in 
So then the kid learns it's not that big of a deal. I can continue doing this. Yeah. And, and there's no and I mean what Roman Reigns is doing and backing out same with um, Miz and I'm hearing a rumor about uh, the Usos also are going to be backing out that um, not every employee can do that uh, Best Buy employee can't say no I choose not to go to work today because of this they're not Roman Reigns thank you for mentioning because you said should, you had asked like should other businesses be looking at this as like what to do? And the answer is no, they shouldn't even be looking at this the way that they do because mm-hmm. how many of, uh, I know if I can speak for myself, so many of other therapists, the people that I'm friends with who are not therapists, who feel like why, like I'm being brought into work because I'm quote unquote essential, but I'm not even really doing anything because where are the people, right? There's no, you know, there's no customers, there's no clients, um, there are no clients, um, and I'm putting myself at risk, right? And that's what happened with the Miz and the Usos and Roman and whoever else. It's like these business owners, these people in, in administration, I guess, in offices, they don't have the same level of risk mm-hmm. as their employees. And, you know, I don't want to get into, like, a whole union conversation about pro wrestling or MMA, but they are never at risk, right? They're mm-hmm. kind of Teflon. Financially, they're Teflon. Uh, obviously, physically, they're Teflon. They're not, they're not going into the ring. They're not getting the same injuries or illnesses as, as their talent. So, no, I don't think other companies should follow the WWE or UFC model. What about after COVID? Will there be any aftershocks to what has caused us now? Um, I think we're, we're talking shortly about the mental health um, yeah. part of it. Um, as, as I've been in the field and, and worked with people, I've learned that er, one, everyone experiences things differently, but specifically that this might be a very traumatic next few weeks or months for, for individuals, right? Um, they tell people to stay at home. Well, if you stay at home with an abuser, that's terrible. Uh, if you have, uh, if you're a single parent household and you need to pay rent and you can't because of work, that's going to be very stressful and traumatic. Uh, the, the kids of those parents who may be aware and may not be aware for those who are aware, you know, there's mental health implications of that. Um, and they may remember that for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, health-wise, of course. Uh, you know, what I'm particularly, I guess, concerned about, because I don't think there's, enough, there's not been enough time, uh, can people contract the virus, get over the virus, and get infected again? And if they do get infected again, is it much more mild? Is it more severe? How will the virus mutate uh, over time? Uh, will we see another spike later on this year? So, you know, the aftershock of, of the actual disease, we don't know yet. And, and that, again, is uh, the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Um, for hospitals and, and mental health offices, because uh, that's where I work, uh, we're going to see probably a lot of, how do I say this? Sounds uh, really mean to say, but probably a lack of growth um, in, uh, in people. So what I mean by that is they're going to be so focused and so stressed that they're not going to be able to spend a lot of time on self-care and being mindful or engaging in meditation and things like that. So there's all these like ripple effects that we're gonna uh, we're gonna see. Um, and I only named like you know five of them. So you're just gonna see it everywhere. And I think if we look at like wrestling as an example, mm-hmm. I know it's weird. It's kind of weird to go back to that, but you know you work for a company in which your boss is like. Heh. We're all going to go to work. Uh, it's okay if you don't want to go, but 
we're going to continue on with the show. And then somebody gets sick, multiple people get sick. Multiple people have pre-existing issues. Like, we know about Roman Reigns and, and, and uh, cancer. Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan has a, is immunocompromised in some way. Uh, obviously, the Usos are pissed, I guess, at The Miz. Um, mm-hmm. Who else is there? Uh, it hasn't been brought up, though, but uh, Kyle O'Reilly has diabetes. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot of people in that company. Uh, not even again. And this, I guess, in a way, who cares about this guy? But you know, Lars Sullivan, we know, has anxiety. Yeah. So here we are, looking at being asked to watch this TV show. And it's very hard for me as a fan, as a, as a as a clinician, to not take into account like the conditions that these individuals are being asked to work in. Uh, when it, they would be best served, the company would be probably best served by just waiting. Waiting until the summer, you run your show, it feels important, there'll be uh, there would be a thirst for live pro wrestling, live entertainment. Right now, I don't know if there is any thirst that stuff so the aftershocks of this um, I don't know I think I think it would be fair to say in one year things might be a lot better but to say that things would be better and by better I mean resembling normalcy without any without much of any reprisal I can't say that's going to be in April or May or June I think we just, you know, we're still not very equipped to handle the virus, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hamid Butt, I have to thank you. Is there anywhere people can find you online or search out to for any help or advice or questions or talk wrestling? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if you, I mean, like, uh, so I have an Instagram, but please don't follow me. Um <laughs> Uh, I, if you are, I guess, in the New Jersey area or you have teletherapy coverage, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, I am on, I am on psychology today. Uh, my spelling is A H M A D last name, uh, bot B T T. Uh, I work out of New Jersey. So there's that option for people. If you want to talk wrestling, I mean, I'm on Twitter. I, I'm, I am private, and I don't really tweet about wrestling, so uh, brown-listed. It's like black-listed, but brown, because I'm brown. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want people to talk wrestling to me if they are, like, WWE diehards. Like, those those fans who, like, do not like any criticism of the company. Yeah. I I love to criticize that company so nice. yeah if you want to talk about wrestling brown listed on twitter you i don't know if you why you would want to have therapy with me asher all the things i said but i am on psychology today uh under my name cool thank you so much my friend it was a pleasure and uh you be well over there in the states thank you for having me and you be well in uh london He's in London, right? Ontario? Yeah. Yeah, you'd be well in London, Ontario. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.
Thanks again to Hamid Butt for joining us this week to spread some light on the mental health aspect of uh, COVID-19. I am Shane Alexander. This is Shara for the Soul. I'll see you next week for the season finale of Shara for the Soul, season two. We're like months away from season three of this thing. Wow. Crazy. If you have any ideas for season three, or you have any ideas or comments or questions or just want to shoot the shit, give me a shout. Hostshane at gmail.com. That's my email. You can slide into my DMs at SFTS pod CST and shanefame.com to find all the links and all the articles related to episodes that you hear on your favorite pod- podcast platform. Thank you to betterhelp.com for uh, letting us do the show. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com backslash SFTS to get 10% off your first month. I am Shane Alexander. This is Shara for the Soul. Thank you as always. Much appreciated. And I'll see you next week. Peace. Shower for the Soul is written and produced by Shane Fame Alexander. Shower for the Soul is a Fame and Friends production.